Dude, I fucking listened to the new Limp Bizkit record. I haven't listened to it yet. I did. I we listened should, to it I, this I thought morning. you were going to be pumping it when I walked in, actually, like last week. I listened to it this morning. I was should like, we oh, to yeah, it it's New Music Friday. Dude, the, you should... Let's you just should, put it on track. You should hear the first track. Can we just put it on track? <laughs> It's always nice when you can just cut out a whole chunk instead of editing a bunch of stuff together. <laughs> Which to um, me means I think it's time. Let's just do our podcast because I think we're warm and we're toasty yeah. and we're toasted. So let's do it. Let's Here we go. It. Episode one through four. This is this is too far away. I'm gonna bring this a little more. In I like that you're you know using the mic stand these days. That's yeah, been the last three three four episodes. Uh, it's been a bit longer like, than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm still trying to find so the perfect setup. You know, get maybe straddling a little bit right here. Yeah, uh, you're straddling the mic. I just don't want to have to. I don't have to strain my my eyes to see the iPad. That's the thing, man. Away. When I was like, "What Limp Bizkit track was it?" We were listening to. I couldn't see it. My eyes are that bad. Oh, I don't even know. I've listened to it twice now, and that that first track that has the really heavy riff in it. It was called "Out of Style." I think you're right. Yeah. Good memes. All right, here we go. Hey. Episode 134. 134. That's 100 plus Walter Payton for those math whizzes out call. there. And uh, let's do it. I'm Henry. That's Dave. What's up? And this is uh, Gearbutt's podcast, episode 134, Symphony Corrections. Let's do it. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. I'm talking to you right now. Dave, as I look deep into your eyes oh. and everyone else l- listening across the universe, Thank you for listening to this. And, uh, you know, it means a lot to us. Would you say nice things and do the thing? So thank you for listening, being being around with us. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, subscribe, Spotify, Apple. Email us if you want to interact. We love it. We love to hear from you. Like a good message. Love a good, love I mean, just take time, drop a little little mail bomb on us. Gearbuds, Gearbuds podcast at (laughs) GBIT. I couldn't (laughs) even get through that. Gearbuds podcast at gmail.com. Here we go. Uh, this isn't a correction. This is just something that I noticed and I wanted to get into it a little bit because it, it. it came up recently in a, in a recent Dave's doc. Really? Uh, Randy Rhodes recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw something about that. Did you? Did That's you awesome. Now? Yeah. Randy, we we're just talking about how, wow, you know, other than meatball guitar bows, uh, no one really seems to ever talk talk about Randy. Yeah. Underrated. And Way underrated. When you bring except up his for name, now that he's a fucking rock and roll hall of famer at the age it. of twenty, dude, he died when he was twenty five. He didn't even make it to the twenty seven club. Wild man. Anyways, he was a recipient of the uh, Musical Excellence Award, which I guess is they've got like separate types of awards. I don't know. Uh, which is given to artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers whose originality and influence have had a dramatic impact on music. Uh, he was inducted by Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine fam. And uh, also there were messages by Kirk Hammett and Zach Wild during the thing. So that's, you know, pretty influential Sweet. right there. And uh, All yeah. The heavy hitters. Oh, dude. dude on uh, You can actually watch the whole thing on HBO November 20th. Uh, it will be, they will start showing it to everyone far and wide, the full induction. Cool. All the inductees this year, uh, which the organization describes as, quote, most diverse in history, which I would have to agree, includes Tina Turner, Carol King, the Go-Go's, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters, which I can't believe Foo Fighters are getting in already. Yeah, too early. Todd Rundgren, Kraftwerk, Charlie Patton, Gil Scott Heron, LL Cool J, which was surprising to me, Billy Preston, and Clarence Avant, obviously on top of our friend Randy. So People were, uh, they made a meme where it was like, if you're going to induct the Foo Fighters before Iron Maiden, like, come on. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Dave Grohl would even really want that, would he? 
Dave Grohl would hand it over to Iron Maiden, I think. Well, but he's already been inducted for, with Nirvana. That's true. Which well deserved. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's it's that's the, I mean that's sort of the perennial thing is like what is what even is a Hall of Fame and 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 how do you choose? I mean I know how they actually mechanically do it, but like how how do you decide that? How do you oh, decide? Like, when I think you know there's there every there's like the MC five still aren't. Dude, in the that's Rock and Roll insane. Hall of Fame, but like you know, they're gonna, and then and then obviously there was a little, there was uh, probably a little more than a little hubbub about the fact that Jay Z has been inducted. Uh, when you know, obviously Jay Z is super incredible, but I think the mm-hmm. people would say that it's because like the the consternation is over the fact that Jay Z is not a rock and roll musician, right? So it's like well, I noticed LL Cool J was in the mix. LL Cool J as well. So it's yeah, or even Kraftwerk. I mean, there are I, I don't know that I would call them rock music. I mean, I love don't I freaking love Kraftwerk. Yeah, it has nothing but, to do with yeah. So then the argument becomes: Is it rock and roll, or, or or like is it just quote rock music, or is it rock and roll which encapsulates soul and R and B and all the things that it's influenced and heavy metal and all that? Kind well, of it's stuff it's kind of like the Grammys. Like, how do they decide what category? Best rock totally. album, you know, and or like, comedy movies and the Oscars and shit, like how they do, how yeah. they do all that. Um, my my question is, I haven't watched uh, an induction ceremony in a while, but mm. isn't that like it's a whole thing? It's like the Grammy Awards. They have performances, they have like other things going on, right? To to the best of my recollection, yeah, I, I know I've definitely watched some of them, but it's it's been a minute. I think as the well. Metallica one was like one of the last ones I watched, where it didn't a bunch of other bands play their songs. Oh man, I, that, that sounds them? right. That sounds that sounds right. Man, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it, I think they might have also they they won some special icon award. That's what it was. I think the that's icon what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> hey, I'll take another sausage over here. Right. Ooh, that sounds kind of good. Uh, I think yeah, but either way, I'm starving right now. <laughs> November twentieth, you can watch that. But I thought of the, oh oh, I'm gonna put a little connect the dots here because I thought I saw something a term this week that I wanted to make sure to bring up to you and in, in the podcast, uh, which is when I was and I've seen this before, but I don't know why it never uh, really locked in with me. But so in the history of Les Paul Customs, the construction of the Les Paul Custom mm-hmm. has changed, mm-hmm. and. Uh, when it started, the sort of main differentiator between it, other than cosmetic stuff and a standard, were that it didn't have a maple top mm-hmm. and it had an ebony fretboard instead of a rosewood fretboard. Those mm-hmm. were like the differences. I've in in and so like I, I was I don't remember honestly what I was looking at, but I was looking at some like d- the deep threads of Les Paul forums on the internet about they're talking about, about Les Paul customs, but I don't remember why. And uh, I noticed that someone used the term when they talk about guitar, the guitars that were all mahogany versus the ones that had maple involved. Right. They called them all hog. I like that. A L L dash H O G. And I was. Just Are you rocking like, an all hog, dude? No, dude. My my custies like it, my custies late seventies when they used a bunch of maple in the neck That's too. Creams. Like it's yeah. I, <laughs> no, and we were actually, you and I actually were talking about this earlier this week. The the fact that my my Les Paul custom was sort of like the not cool one of vintage right. ones for a long time. Because of the three-piece or something? Three-piece maple neck yeah. is the thing that people seem to say wasn't good because it wasn't all hog. As uh, as we've as we've learned, like but uh, now they're they're reissuing like that. At both actually, both of those Gibsons that we talked about last week are are uh, in that same three piece maple neck style that are like, and they're like ten thousand dollar tars. So does it have the uh, what's whatever, the thing on the back of the neck that you taught me about recently? Oh, a volute. Yeah. Do they have the volute? Oh, volutes for days, dog. Yeah, because yeah. that actually stabilizes the neck better. right? Stabies. Yeah. It, it's oh yeah because i mean obviously the main sort of gripe with all old gibsons has been that they snap right at the head stop right there so head stop 
headstock right Hi. there. So uh, <laughs> there that is, uh, all hog. You can throw that in the old gear buds vocab. I like it. I right before, dude. Here's one right before. This might. I think the I mean, the symphony might be a little heavy today. We'll see. Uh, right before, right before airtime, I noticed that Abbey Road's 90th anniversary is today. The day of recording this, it, it's 90 years ago is when it went into service to start making Let's records. Say the and 12th. Stuff. Today is November 12th. All right. And 90 years that place has been in business. Happy Abbey Road Day. Happy Abbey Rubber's Day. Abbey Rubber. Happy Rubber. Burferf days. Uh, speaking of yesterday, was Brad's birthday. Former guest and old buddy turned the big four zero. Didn't know that. Yeah, no. lovely man. It's easy one to remember. Eleven eleven. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Brad. Happy birthday, Abbey Road. Uh, oh, I've got a little update. We talked about that Radiohead video game, mm-hmm. and we didn't have very many details. We didn't have a lot of context. More, yeah. No, not a lot. Uh, there's some more detail. November eighteenth, it comes out. It's free. And it's on PS5, Mac, and PC. There's 21 songs. It's basic. So they, as we talked about, they've released this, or they're releasing this new version of Kid A slash Amnesia that they're calling Kid A Amnesia. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a video game to go along with it, and you can now. Did you see any screenshots or anything? I watched a little video, bro. Yeah, it's first it, person. It like? Okay, you kind of walk around these crazy worlds and experience these weird, beautiful looking art things and in the radiohead universe that along with awesome. their music happening so oh, definitely november 18th dude it's free get I'm that like, shit the videos were in the visual the visuals looked pretty insane very cool. pretty cool oh here we go oh dude you know we, we've got to get into something sort of bfi unfortunately okay. a little bit i'm gonna try to turn into a little bit of gfi as we like to try to do but let's spin it i'm sure you saw there was there was a tragedy that happened in the music world this past week with that travis travis scott show Oh my God! Yeah. Well, I didn't get into the details, but I saw some headlines and I saw a couple like TikTok video things. Yeah, dude. It looked wild, dude. Pretty rough. So, any if if anybody doesn't know, there was a concert I believe it was in Houston this past weekend, and uh, there was like I think fifty thousand people there. Eleven and people died, or something. Eight people died, eight. and uh, hundreds were injured. A number of people had cardiac arrests, like very serious injuries that didn't die. Yeah. Uh, and it was all because of crowds, dude. Yeah. Like the crowd rush. Yeah. Which is it? It freaked me out, honestly. Like I, 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 I learned about the tragedy and like what happened, and then I was like, "Well, what even is crowd theory?" And like, yeah, I, I don't. Anything. So went down a bit of a rabbit hole this week. Asked me what I did this week. This is one of the things I did this week. <laughs> I did That's a why little you bit of a little bummed out when I got here. We'll learn about crowd theory. Yeah, let's. Talk uh, so about I, hear, I, I want to give you a little bit of what from what I've learned. Here are some tips if you're if you're like. Cause I, you know, I love going to shows and I don't, I've never really loved being in crowds, but then learning yeah. about what happened, basically uh, the crowd rushed and pushed from behind in the sides when Drake came on stage with Travis Scott right. and like they're, they freaked out. They didn't have, they didn't have the proper, uh, security in place as well as the, uh, the barricades structure and barricades right. to funnel and control people and people got trampled and died. And I was like, I was really wondering like, what do you, or like what happens like how do people die in a in a situation like like why like how do how do they just like kill each other? And I feel like when you know when we were that age, I would say like early twenties going to shows, yeah. it seemed like there was a little bit of like, hey man, like this guy needs air. Like people would back up, right? Like they would listen. Well, I don't, I, dude. I've been I've been in the front of some big ass crowds yeah. and like been pushed and whatever. And and so it turns out what happens is you actually you asphyxiate. You like mm-hmm. lose the ability to breathe. You get crushed. Yeah. So. From what I've, if you're, if you find yourself in a crowd in the future, here are the things that I've learned that we can share on this podcast real quickly that you can keep in mind. This again, 
I'm not a crowd theory fucking medical professional here, but right. this is what I've learned and I'm going to try to keep in mind. A couple crowd survival next skills. Next time I'm in, next time I'm in, I'm in some crowds from some experts that I read. The first thing, of course, is like the dumbest thing, but true, and it's to stay aware. So if you feel like you're in a situation where you don't have enough room to move around and you still can, everyone says, do it. Just like, yeah. don't, you know, don't push and shove, but if you feel unsafe and you have the ability to leave, you should leave, number one. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to start a crowd panic. You don't want to freak out everybody else around you if there's no need to as well. Right. right. Here's here's another thing that I, here's one, a very specific thing that I learned that I, a lot of experts say is don't put your backpack on the ground. If you have a backpack. Okay with you at the festival keep at the show, on. which is keep it on your back if you're in that tight of crowd because if you have it at your feet you very quickly the first thing that happens is your feet get tangled up in it you're trying to reach over to grab you it bend you down to pick over. it up yep so uh they they say if you're in a crowd like that keep wow. your keep your backpack on uh which is something i'm definitely gonna, gonna keep keep in mind basically what yeah so it's like you're you get so densely packed in your lungs they don't have enough space to do their job so what they tell you is density is this critical variable and there's there's a there's some like sort of numbers behind this so uh it's they it's actually a mathematical thing they it's expressed as a number of people per square meter Mm -hmm. and there are some thresholds below five people per square square meter which again a square meter is about 10.7 square feet that's fine you're you're okay maybe not comfortable but it's fine above six people per square meter so imagine a square around you in, in the shape of a you know right. with a square meter t- by the way 10 square feet is really just it's like three feet by th- like 3.3 yeah, feet three by 3.3 yeah, feet exactly. it's not that like basically less than you can fully extend your arms around yeah. you yeah close to that like so a, six more people in that amount of space so less than five is fine right. above six it's that's when it starts to become dangerous yeah and that's at a point where you like what they say is if you can feel let me see if I can find. I think I wrote it right. Here it is. If you feel that people are touching you on both shoulders or on several places on your body at the same time, the density is probably around six. It's like both your shoulders are being touched. You're in that dense of a crowd. Mm-hmm. If you still have time and you can move at that point, then you should get away because you're on the tipping point of it starting to get dangerous. It's not, you're not in the point yet where it's in a full, because it, 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 dude, it's crazy how much it represents or it even sort of uh, follows the patterns of like sound waves. Mm-hmm when you see the videos of this happening and, and the real issues happen because there are these waves that happen. So like there's a, a, cr- a rush or a crush and people, a bunch of people push and you see it sort of like ripple through the crowd. But the real problem happens when that hits a wall or like a barricade or, and, or it hits another wave happening at, from another direction at the same time. So you see like the ripples hit each other. Right. And then when those two ripples hit each other, there's, there's nowhere else for it to ripple oh, and then people die. Yeah. It's fucked up. The, another tip that I didn't mention yet is that you should specifically avoid if you're in a crowd that dense, you should definitely avoid being near walls or barricades. Okay. Because like for the same, what we just explained when those, yeah. when the wave pushes up against that, there's nowhere for it to go. And well, then you just get crushed. That front row, it seems like, I mean, usually though, there's like a security guys that kind of like lift people out sometimes. Yeah. I guess the story though, this they weren't really, a few they weren't taking ago. it very seriously. Like yeah. they didn't have enough security in place and they weren't like there, there were some people that were reporting it as there know, were too many people tra- in tragedy happening. And then pe- they like went and told, you know, the workers there. And yeah. They, nobody really, nobody actually listened. And, and they didn't late. like in the controversies that they didn't try to stop the concert or like say anything while it was happening or something. Yeah, well, yeah, they. I, I guess like the artists, you know, like Travis Scott's under they fire. Did, they, yeah, they're under fire. I don't think that they would really know, honestly, what was happening. I mean, what, how many people were there? 
I think it was like 50,000. Yeah, how can you see? I mean, maybe you could see a, a couple people in the front. Especially getting... if you've ever been on stage, man. But the I have been to lights, shows. You can't see dick from the crowd. I was at uh, Incub- Incubus show, and Brandon Boyd stopped the show. And really? like had everybody back the fuck up. And he was like, you know, it was, it was between songs. B-Boyd's? Dude, B-Boyd's my guy. Dude. Yeah. But he backed up. He was like, hey, guys, like everybody just take one step back. And like, obviously, it pushed again, like once the music started. Of course. But like they they were they were aware of the fact that like this was going down and I think yeah so artists I, are doing I, that. there's really no other than those sort of tips for if you find yourself in the crowd I, yeah. the only other thing I'd want to say is just like yeah just look out for others around you you know like yeah. you said if you see someone I, and I and I and I see this happen still and I've been I'm going back to shows again seeing like someone get knocked down in the pit like people yeah. reach down and pick that's them up what so I was like saying. that's just yeah. like kind of the thing right look out for each other pit's a different story though because there's a lot of space actually in a in a mosh pit there is it's actually like a bull ring clears yeah, out exactly. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's uh, let's turn that around from a BFI to a GFI. Let's do it. And I wanted to mention this because I I think back in I think back in Hank Hits days, this was a record that we talked about. I'm I'm quite sure it is, and that is a Love Supreme by John Coltrane. Uh, Universal Music announced that a Love Supreme is the first jazz LP of the 1960s to achieve platinum certification. One million album sales. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wild. That's funny because I mean, in the 2020s, when I think of Coltrane, that's not the first record I think. What do you think of? Uh, the blue one. Oh, that's that's Miles Davis, baby. That's kind of blue. Oops. <laughs> the blue one. Mix those guys up. Well, they played together. They did play together. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No. The, uh, fair enough. But just love Supreme beat. Well, kind of blue is from the 50s, so I bet that that's probably got like 10 million purchase yeah. record purchases. We're talking views. This is like 10 million. I know. I think I almost I said it's... views. Uh, uh, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, dude. Here's the thing I didn't know about it. It was recorded in one session, one session, Allah Supreme, in late 1964 at Van Gelder Studios in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey. Drummer was Elvin Jones, pianist McCoy Tyner, and bassist Jimmy Garrison. Uh, and it came out in 1965. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually not surprised it was recorded in one take just because those guys would just bang it out. Oh, the, it wasn't one take. It was one session. Yeah. Right. So, but there, and in fact, this new release has a bunch of outtakes and whatever. I think they probably did just like a bunch of, yeah, like yeah. we'll do that like four times and then you pick the best one. Or I have a Coltrane record. I, I can't think of the name of it, but it's just one of those one offs that has like, it's like four tracks, but then there's, it's two takes each time. So you oh, listen sick. to it over and over again. And it's pretty over cool to hear the different versions. Again. Dude, that's awesome. I would love to check, bring that over sometime. I will. Give her a listen. Uh, one more thing to say before we get to the last uh, or in the next section here, which is uh, that I watched this little sort of like mini doc that I wanted to mention on here before we get to the big boy scenario. It was like a 10 minute thing about a brand that I didn't really know anything about. And that is a brand called Noble and Cooley. Do you know them? No. They are America's oldest drum factory. So I just wanted to quickly highlight this little like time. It was it was some like business insider or some you know well well made little mini doc about really? this brand, and it was about how how America's oldest drum factory stays in business. Right? I was like, I'm gonna watch that. It was so it's about minutes. the factory. Did they? It's about the company Noble and Cooley. They're still a drum company to this day. So they, dude, in this documentary, they're using tools. Some of the tools were over 150 years old. That's cool. From back in the day, and they. So I mean, they're all. For those who don't know, I'm sure the drummers are like, yeah, duh, you dickheads. But uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, which included myself, they make drum kits, but most, like, I think they're mostly known for their snare drums at this point, and they mm. do very, everything's handmade. <clears throat> In this video I watched, they, like, literally will even, it's a father and son that own it now. It's changed hands a number of times throughout the years, and they, like, go out and 
like will even literally like chop the tree down and like fucking debark the tree and then make a, a snare from like one whole just like tree trunk, which is pretty crazy. That's like not the most. I had no idea that this was even a thing. No one cool. Yeah, they do all sorts of different types of drums. I looked on Reverb. There were a few in the like couple thousand dollar range. Well, because uh, like Slinger was, Slingerland was Chicago, right? Yeah, but I think that's like 1950s. This is like fucking dude. Their their first. Okay, so this company started out making toy drums in like the 18 fucking 50s or whatever Whoa. their first real drums that they ever made were for union soldiers in the civil war yeah dude that makes sense pretty wild they had the guy marching with the yeah you gotta keep the keep the rhythm going on the battlefield apparently and yeah they're the kind of drums where it's like call for quote you know but they i think their drum kits are somewhere in like the four or five thousand dollar range still exist still exists to this day pretty excited so you can get a whole kit you can get a whole kit yeah dang Noble and cool. I've never heard of this. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I watched a little mini, mini docs about it. So I figured send me those docs, man. Yeah, I know. I got I to gotta forward it your way. And speaking of docs, I'm now going to say my two favorite words that I get to say every week while Dave drinks some coffee and gets his notes out. I got iced coffee and I'm going to talk about a doc. And that is during Dave's, Dave's docs. docs. <laughs> it's like a jingle now. We got a theme song. <laughs> yeah, just throw a little stinger in there. So I, this was fun because this popped up on one of my suggested um, YouTube things, you oh, know, suggested YouTube playlist thing, yeah, and I get excited because this is an album. What do you a, get excited about? A band that you've definitely never heard of, and mm. an album that you definitely don't have. I'm going to talk about a specific documentary about a band called Steely Dan in an album called Asia. Asia, dude, I've watched that documentary. I, I know exactly what you're talking Thank about. You. Probably like. It's like an hour long. Four times. I'm not, like, then not let's exaggerated. Rap, dude. Because I'm stoked. Because I was like, I'm not even gonna tell him. I almost texted you last night. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm about watching this, this one, dude. Oh my god, there's so much to say. There's a lot to say. Let's just let's just have a talk. So about. much to say. So much to say. Do you think this was my first thought? Do you think <laughs> that guitar tone got somewhat redefined with this album and the way what? it was recorded? I never could consider that in my life, Dave. Guitar tone re- changed forever by Asia. I think people try to get their guitar to sound like it sounds on that record. I think people try to get their everything to sound like it sounds well, on that, that record. And that, but that has a lot to do with the players as well, which we will get into. Man, I guess you know now that I'm now that I'm letting that bomb you just dropped on me sizzle for a second. I think I mean pro- in that way, yes. I, for the better i don't know they definitely used a lot of guitar chorus on that shit uh which isn't you know it's not uncle hank's favorite thing but yeah dude everything that for those who don't know and are listening to this and like why are these ding dong we're geeking so out yeah worked up about this asia is known as a record and i think you probably know this if you're listening but if not let's clue you in asia is known as a record that sound engineers will tune systems with it sounds so that's what i'm saying like sound live sound engineers you know new newly installed uh control rooms with soffited speakers and shit that that the people that know that record say that it's just one of the best sounding things ever made let's get that baseline established what a compliment to the way it was recorded and you know and like you said the already the players and the writing but really just the insanity behind how many takes and sessions they, they i mean the I, I don't remember exactly you watched them more recently but mm-hmm. how, it, it wasn't like they did this in like a weekend or something no they no would, and they would spend for like a year or two they or would something. spend like six hours on a song and they would go to lunch they'd be like that sucks we have to go back and re- record it again and they and then they'd come in and be like 
Oh, this is actually pretty good. Maybe we'll just keep that tape. Yeah, maybe we'll just keep it. And which we've all done, I think, in recording sessions. And it, and it just reminded me, like, sometimes you just need to go walk away from it for a little while. Dude, you know? which is the track? Is it uh, is it Josie? Asia itself or Josie that where they did it was like they had like a dozen different guitarists come in to play the lead. So what was really... It was Josie, I think. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. What was really neat about the documentary was they had... Um, so for people who don't know, it was two guys. We, we mentioned them last week, I believe. They came up. Uh, they Don- probably come Donald up like, Fagan and Walter Becker. <laughs> yeah, they probably come up in like every episode. Uh, yeah, exactly. And if they don't, then we're not. We're doing a disservice. No I kidding. Think. But um, they would have. They they liked the kind of the edge of your seat thing going on with having um, session guys come in and n- not rehearse, and they would just play. Yeah. And they would usually keep that kind of that. They tape. had charts and shit. They like had they, charts, yeah, and they, they were trained musicians. Yeah, exactly. But um, for the most part, they liked the idea of being like these guys. Don't, we're not going to rehearse it 10 times. You know, We're just going to do it. They probably recorded it 10 times, but then they would often end up keeping the early, rec- like the early yeah. takes. You know, And uh, Donald Fagan himself would often play the piano part. Sometimes other people play, but usually they were him. And a lot of times the main sort of like rhythm guitar and or the bass would be Walter Becker. But they would, st- I mean, even still, like sometimes they would replace parts. Sometimes they would have people replace their parts. Yep. But then dude, the, they would have like every song. It's like, I don't even know, four drummers or five drummers played on that record? Yeah, uh, Peg specifically is one of my favorite drumming oh, songs. Oh, man, yeah. And it's Rick Rick Moretta, I think was his name. Um, Unreal, dude. I mean, just... Well, you know what my favorite is going to be. It's all the Bernard P- Pretty Purdy stuff on there. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, Bernard Purdy and Steve Gadd are both on that record. So, I honestly, I think it would probably... Don't forget be, about uh, Jim Keltner either. And, of course, right, exactly. And that's kind of what I'm saying. This whole album is like this weird hodgepodge of all these musicians. Yeah. But it's so cohesive when you listen to it as a... Like, you can... Is um, Larry Carlton guitar on that one? I Well, I, don't uh, know. I think he does some of the guitars Probably, on that. Probably, yeah. And I think he was... Act- he might have even done a solo for Josie that was then replaced by someone else who mm-hmm. their name is now escaping me. Man, yeah. Dude. Chuck Rainey on bass. Chuck Rainey. Oh, yeah. I think they, didn't he pass away? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, they asked him not to slap on... I think it was Peg. And they were like, can you please not slap? Because it was so played at the time. Yeah. It was like late 70s and things were getting like... Dude, we get it with the slapping on the bass. And he's like, all right. But then he plays it. He slapped. And what they did was they put a partition between his himself and the uh, microphone where the amp was uh-huh. when he was recording. So you couldn't hear his finger his slap. spanky yeah. of like a tone. And that's where you get that tone from. He mm. is slapping on that track. Yeah. And it's like this muted kind of really funky slap tone. It's, oh, even the word makes my butthole cringe. <laughs> it's, I know. I'm not a slap guy either. But uh, dang, dude. That's have you ever slapped in a song? Like, I mean, not like a cover song, like in one of your own bands. Have you ever slapped? I don't think so. Huh. No. And if it did, then it, I don't. Wow. Recall. I'm not a slap guy. What about a pop? I'd like to pop once in a while. <laughs> once you pop, you can't stop, dude. Like, I like to do just like a, a more of like a spank, like a bounce. <laughs> But it's got to be a slap and spank. It's got to be a tasty note at the end of like a phrase or something. It can't just be like for no reason, you know. It has to have a purpose. Dude, you know, I'm trying. The to, short like, answer is no. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any like any mu- original music I've been a part of. There's one song. I bet that you I would can quit a band of. because a bass player slapped too much. Well, I st- I start bands so that I can tell bass players they're not allowed <laughs> to slap. And then bass players that want to slap are gonna be like, "Fuck you, dude! I'm gonna I'm slap." Like, All right, well, uh, get the fuck out of this. This band, isn't then. gonna work. Yeah. I remember one of the songs with Todd on bass. We tuned it down to C, and he like the opening. He could slap. slams of that song. Yeah, I allowed him to slap those bonks. 
Right. But that what that's like it's not like a no he wasn't like none of that bullshit yeah i I refuse it's like it's still i hate it i mean people that are great at are are great at it don't get me wrong yeah it just it's like court slap basses chorus pedals to me man that's just like it's 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 one of those things where i'll do it like if we're messing around yeah of course but i'm not gonna like come to practice me like dude guys i wrote this song last night it's it's completely masturbatory i mean it's fun while you're doing it but you're only fucking yourself and and it looks great i mean there's people that can slap that's like doing a backflip people are like holy shit check you think it looks great i don't know i think not to me anymore specifically it looks to the general audience sort of impressive yeah anything that's fast I don't think they're saying that anymore, man. He slaps. I think you're right. He slaps. That has a different. He, that, that, has a, that has a different connotation, right? These days. Well, Dave, was so that all your notes? It. Is that all you got about uh, Asia? I think there? So. Yeah. Fucking a man. What? Uh, what's that was your, a good one, though. I mean, I'm telling you guys. Short. How many recording sessions do you re, do you rate it? Eight and a half out of ten recording sessions. Dude, that's that's beautiful. Um, Love. Oh yeah. If, if you haven't seen that, you gotta. You just gotta go watch that one, dude. Folks. Deacon Blues. I mean, there's so many good songs on that. Fucking I usually, movie. I usually skip. Really. Black Cow. Oh. Because it's like that slappy stuff that is my slap. favorite. And then Chuck Rainey, dude. Everything else on that record is just like my favorite shit. Oh, by the way, I will mention the the peg vocal harmonies are insane. Dude, oh, we've got to come back to the peg vocal harmonies. Thank they, you for doing they, that they, with they, Michael um, McDonald. They dude. sequence them out in the song, like in the in the movie. Mm. And I'm like, this is pre auto tune. I mean, this is legit. It sounds like a synthesizer. It's insane. When now now that I've heard that, and there's actually someone's taken that little clip and edited it out separately as a separate mm. YouTube video. Now that I've heard that part. I can't hear Peg and not only hear Michael Pinpoint McDonald's those, yeah. harmonies. Yeah. It's it's cursed me for the rest of my life. Hey, hey, welcome back to you. Right. And the oh, 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 yep. foreign movie. Like all that shit. Like I can't fuck it's all I can't that was really hear the good, dude. song. I but it was probably way I could off tell pitch. that you could hear it though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, dude. Well they like you said, they isolated mm-hmm. for you in the documentary and now that that's it. That's like my brain yeah. is just completely locked into it. What an album! Uh, what a uh, what an album for like you were saying like they tune boards to that thing like they tune mm-hmm. you know what an album for if you're like a tuning boards bro dude you tune your board you today? tune your let's <laughs> how you tune that board dude what's that thing out of tune <laughs> dude your board sounds pretty out of tune bro your board's super flat dude. <laughs> oh man I love a good Dave's doc thanks but oh that, that was a, a fun one, one. Uh, let's get into future gear real fast we've got one. Slash three future gear things to talk about before the main story this evening. Okay. And that's because I noticed, dude, I don't know. I don't even know when these little buggers came out, but three mini amp heads came out. People are still making mini amp heads? Dude, check it out. Bogner, Diesel, and Friedman all released solid state 30 watt amp heads that are basically just a single channel from some of their crazier tube multi-channel amplifiers. 30 watt solid states. 30 watt solid states. So there's the Bogner uh, Ecstasy Mini, which is obviously like their Ecstasy, but it's the red channel from that. Uh, Diesel or Deitzel, if you're Joyman. I don't know why I said that, like Joyman. Uh, uh, Diesel. Maybe your board's flat, dude. I think my iPad's flat. Diesel VH Micro, which is the third channel channel of a 
diesel VH4, right. and then the Friedman BE Mini, which is like their BE head is just one of the channels from that Marshall bad boy. Uh, they're all, th- I'm sorry, they're 35 watt, not 30, I misspoke, all 35 watt solid state. They each have either like six or seven knobs, two to four switches, you know, you can do the things that are on the actual amp that they come from. There's an uh, effects loop, and guess what? How much do you think that these amps cost? Well, because David? they're 35 watt solid state, I mean, I'm going to put it in the $700 range. 329. Perfect. That's a that's a that's a like stocking stuff. And these deal. aren't yeah, that is. And these aren't um, companies that really make solid state stuff. This is what right? I don't understand. First of all, to your point, exactly. These are not companies known for any. I mean, they all make pedals, you know. So I guess they like are solid state in that way. But they don't make none of them make solid state amps. And. They're all in the same, like they all have the power switch in the same spot, and they all have the input. So in the they're same, made from the same. With the same, they're all in the same shit. So yeah. it's definitely just like different guts in the same chest. So and like they're I releasing them at the same time. I have not. I think that they're. I'm not sure. if It looks like they're out, but or they're just sold out everywhere. I'm right. not exactly sure. But there's like I've I've seen a couple vids now. They sound kind of nice, Dave. And and I mean we've talked about this. I do tend to if I'm gonna like a solid state amp. It's either going to be for like a weird vintagey sound or a heavy metal sound, and these are yep. all sort of like high gain, high to mid high gain. I think amps. they kind of have to be right. I mean, based on you know who's making them, you know they have to have totally. Uh, I mean, you've got a Marshall. I'm dude, Friedman. You could get you get a Bogner, a Diesel, and a Friedman all all treat those bad boys for less than a for less than a grand. I mean, plus you know once you get taxes, it's going to be whatever. But, but you said three twenty nine. Three twenty nine. Dude, you could put together a two. whole rig by two each. By two, yeah, why not? Maybe I'll slap Dude, you a could do, tube you could screamer do two in there. and go stereo. You could have a stereo for six hundred Bogner diesel. Rig. I bet they'd give you a deal if you bought two. Maybe, but I mean, you still gotta, you still gotta get some sort of cab. But I might like, I have a couple of my two twelves. Got a couple, couple two three to two twelves wired so that they can accept separate amps. Well, if you guys are listening, you know, send one over, man. We'll send two over. Yeah, we want to stereo that shit. Yeah. So um, do they I'm have, kind of excited. Did you say if they had like reverb built in or anything? They like? didn't, but I didn't, and they don't. Okay. They do have effects loops, so you can just throw your pedal board in, in front or in there or here. But I will say my one, my one little. There's little, always a, there's always something. Little wrinkle is that it is on 24 volt power, so it's like it's kind of one of those weenie little power supplies where it's like on a barrel, you know, mm-hmm. and then it like goes to like a, a yeah a, a thing. I don't. I know that it's probably fine. I just don't. I don't like those. I like a nice thick power cord. Give me a fucking IEC cable, man. Yeah, I get that it makes it bigger and probably a little more expensive. I I get that. How the, the sort of I guess the the upside is that they can sell one amp everywhere in the world. Yeah. So that's probably that's why. Cool. That makes sense. And you can go on tour with it. Who the fuck is going to go on tour with a three hundred twenty nine dollar amp? You go. You're, gonna, you're just do. Yeah, but you could just fucking get one over there buy it for what it would cost to rent most and you uh what's the uh do you have the measurements or anything like i don't have i don't have the the direct uh (laughs) what is the are they seven inches wide i would say it's about the about as tiny terror no they're they're, (laughs) there's i would say yeah maybe maybe in the in the tiny terror range yeah somewhere something like that. because that's what i'm saying so the idea is like you could buy like a little backpack for it or something oh dude didn't you get two of them you just carry stereo 35 watt rig carrying your turn around i don't know i mean i haven't played them obviously have you seen any demos i've watched some a couple vids how they They look they look really fun dude and uh the but i was gonna say i don't know i mean it seems like they're loud i haven't been in a room but i mean you, you plop that puppy on a 
on a two twelve cabinet, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be loud enough. Yeah, I think. So I think it's great. I mean, for a marketing standpoint, you know, you're gonna get people smart. introductory into that. Then maybe one day they buy the three thousand dollar head. You get yourself buy. into the M two someday. Yeah. You're you're buying a I don't know whatever. I don't know enough about BMWs. All right, here we go. <laughs> This is actually, I'm very excited about this. Let's talk, man. Well, here was here. We're going to talk about something that came up between us. It's come up between us many times, let's be honest. But it's something that we were talking about earlier this week. Mm -hmm. And then it sent me down a bit of a a rabbit hole or a rat hole, depending on your perspective. And I want to talk about it on the podcast. And that is coverings on guitar amps and cabinets. When did it start? Well, I don't know. I don't know when it started because what, let's be honest. What really I wanted to talk about was rat fur. Yep, rat fur. We somehow rat fur came up in some discussion we were having. Might have even been involving for Steam people Ray who as don't well. know. And for people who don't know, you let tell let, tell the people, Dave. What's well, rat fur? Well, it's the uh, the cheap felt covering that's on a lot of the amps from I guess the early eighties. Interesting that you call it felt because I I always think of it as like carpet. Yeah, but. Either way, yeah, it is carpeting. When you hear, when you know what we're talking about, and you hear the word rat fur, you're like, oh yeah, definitely, it's yeah, rat fur. You should know. So here's the thing, Dave. Uh, there is a lot of information out there around Tolex, which. Uh, so before we get the get there, I would say that there are, I don't know, these many different types of coverings that we typically see on guitar amps and cabinets, sure. or or even I would I would get cases in the mix on that too. Sure. For a long time we've we've Tolex cases. There's Tolex, there's natural stain or paint. Uh there's the custom tuck and roll, which oh, yeah, is the pillowy everyone's favorite, the pillowy Terry uh, 70s, material. Yeah. There's vinyl, which you don't see that often. Uh there's spray on bedliner type material. Mm-hmm. Which is that, like, I don't even know what you call it, Durex or something. No, that's, those are condoms. Uh, yes, uh, let's just go with that. Let's just yeah. go with Durex. And then there's rat fur. So that's, yeah. like, I guess I could just count it six. There might be more, but those are sort of the main. I mean, you can talk about tweed. I, th- I think I might have skipped that. You can talk about tweed as being a tweed would type be, of cover. Yeah, that's sort of a like big canvas. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's seven. Uh, but then there's rat fur. So there's a lot of information out there about Tolex, which, Dave, I don't know if you know this. Uh, Tolex is uh, which it's for if anybody doesn't know it's usually a fabric backing with vinyl or other plastic bonded over it Um, but it could just be plain plastic Mm -hmm. people call it tolex however tolex is a trade name uh, which if if you're not if like you know how like something like kleenex yep or whatever tolex is is like an actual brand that we now just call everything tolex it turns out i i'd always been looking for this term and i wanted to write it down and, and say it in the podcast so i never forget it that is known as two things either a proprietary eponym or a generic trademark. Oh. Same difference, but that's just Kleenex, also Tolex. Uh, so, again, just like vinyl over, uh, over with plastic bonded over it. It's flexible. It's pretty waterproof. Um, people use it to cover books, upholster uh, different like parts of cars and even like furniture, uh, guitar amplifiers and cases and other products. I guess in, they used it in hearses and ambulances in the 50s wow. originally. And then and then Fender amplifiers and then Fender Rhodes electric piano, pianos. Here's something that I, I couldn't quite get to the bottom of. It seems like the only brands that were really using name brand Tolex were Fender and Rickenbacker, and everyone else was using like some generic generic or other brand. You know, um, it turns mm-hmm. out uh, this is interesting for me specifically and anyone with my same birthday. But the uh, trademark was filed on August 30th, 1945. 
which is my birthday, by General Tire, uh, and is currently registered as a plastic sheet and film material. Or I'm, I shouldn't say currently, but it was most recently registered as a plastic sheet and film material for book binding and case covering for speakers and amplifiers. However, check this out. The t- and I, as far as I can f- find on the internet, the Tolex trademark appears to have lapsed in 2005. So I don't even know if anybody has a trademark for Tolex right Scoop now. Scoop it up, bro. Let's do it. Let's do a little gearbox, <laughs> get, get gearbox tone Tolex? tubes, Tolex and tone tubes. Well, it's it's interesting, man. I mean, yeah. I I recovered an amp once, and I will never you do, did. I will never do it again. No, it's it was a glue. Well, it was really getting the rat fur off, and you know, I'm sure we're getting to get it rat fur. Oh, rat fur is next, baby. Let's talk, man. That here's the thing. We were talking about we were talking about looking at different amps with rat fur. We're like, hey, when was when was the first amp company? Or right. like, and there is fucking no record bubkis on the internet as far as i can, like i mean anything if, definitive if anyone can find something on the internet i feel like it's you it's one of the things that i've i've been good at in my yeah. life and um you're telling me we don't have because i'm looking at one right now a rat for a little practice Damn right you are what what brand is that that's a johnson oh yeah the old johnson uh i thought <laughs> pv pv might have been one of the first but early pv stuff i had an 80s pv and it had the um i guess tolex on dude it, check or, it out okay so I went down some deep old rabbit holes on this, or as I said, rat holes on this. Before before we get to that, I want to say that um, there is a lot of debate about which is better, mm. and that by that which I mean Tolex v Rat for like I said, there are all I these other types of finishes and and uh, and sort of attempts, and and now like most live sound, you know, like touring companies that use big speaker rigs, they have like that sort of like spray on like bedliner material yep. at this point, right? So no one's really using either of these except for like guitar stuff. Um, I can tell you which one looks better. Well, the, uh, your uh, your opinion would be that, th- that just would my be opinion. Tolex. But fucking a lot of people on the internet, I was shocked, Dave. Um, shocked people, people that like rat. <laughs> no, dude, and it's especially wait, you mean people prevalent, on the internet like something, it's especially like, prevalent on. on the talk base forums. People oh. are very pro rat fur. Are people? Are they saying like because there's like a sound insulation thing that might be happening? Well, they get into that a little think? bit. I'm talking when we're talking pure cosmetics. A lot of people out there would go to bat for the rat fur. Are they Velcroing things to the rat fur? That's a good question, and, and some of them are, Dave. <laughs> I came across a product. Dude, it turns out MarkBase used your bow. Your bows used rat fur for a long yeah, time. And we're, and we're sort of one of like the earlier purveyors of it. Mm-hmm. They sell uh, – this was – I had this on here somewhere. They sell something called the MarkBase Base Keeper. Okay. And it's a Velcro wrap that you put on the side of your fucking amp or base cab or whatever, and then you can like – it wraps around the neck of your base and it keeps your base from falling over when you've got it lean up against your base. Oh rate. yeah. I've seen that. Which is kind of a nifty little yeah. thing. I think, yeah. I mean, super dad bow cheese. but I mean, super I, I love when I read, when I came across that, somebody made a clamp that you could put, um, like on an SVT, like full stack. Oh yeah. And it slides under the head and then you just hang your base in front, which looks great. I've totally seen, seen those. There's guitar versions of that, but it's lot, there's super, microphone versions of that. Super dad mode. Also, super right? dad bow cheese. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so there some some say, some 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 actually like it more. Uh, some say that it's more durable. Uh, and, or and I would yeah. In response to the original sort of cheap thin Tolex mm-hmm. that wasn't a very strong durable material. When you when people complain about Tolex, they often complain about the fact that it tears when it like bumps into other yep. cases and whatever. So that that's I guess what the rat fur was sort of trying to solve for. Uh, you, other people say that they like it too because you can sort of like, you know, treat it as if it is rug, so you can steam it and dye it and and have like you ever vacuum combed, it. combed your rat fur? 
dude, people comb their fucking rat fur for sure. That's a real thing. But it does start to kind of like um, pull out. It starts to pull point. out. I have when I've sold rat fur things, I've cleaned them. You can like if they need a little bit. I tried the lint brush, but that dude, that was like days of lint rolls. Too many lint. Like you'd go yeah. through lint rollers. Yeah. Vacuum nozzle. The thing that I found a number of people talking about that like live sound people were saying uh, that they that they do for their cabs and like they're still and their cases and everything that they use. They got a beard trimmer. And you see some like it's an electric beard idea. trimmer, dude. And that just like, you just like put the, keep the guard on and it like keeps it all like a certain give whatever. Give your rat for a haircut. You dude. can give your fucking <laughs> rat for a beard a trim. I mean, I guess if you're rocking rat for on the road, that's what that's you got to do. That's a lot of R's back to back. Rocking right? rat say that on the road, bro. Um, I'm looking at two rat furs right now. So You got a couple rat furs right in your purview, dude. So yeah, I forgot None of those need one. a haircut yet. They're oh, I've given well, I, No, I don't think I did with the Johnson. That I, one I looks think clean. I, I gave that one a full bath great. at one point. Yeah. Gave that a nice... People, some, dude, some people so fucking soap shampoo. Like a, yeah. They shampoo and re-dye that shit wow. I was reading re-dye about. Re-dye it? Dude, totally. And... Um, it's like hair. There's also this. Uh, here's another. Here's uh, I'm just dropping the rat for tips right I, here. I'm loving this rat. For People recommend recommend using something specifically called Duplicolor carpet spray paint for your rat fur. Mm. Like you find the color right. We with like it's usually black. My Johnson right there uh, is green, which is fucking dope. <laughs> Johnson's covered. My, in my green Johnson rat has fur. green rat fur on it. Uh, I would say though, here's the thing. Couple, we haven't really talked yeah. about any of the negatives. Of Let's dig into than, it, which are 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 myriad. Uh, first of all, it's just it looks real gross to me. I like I can tell most people can't tell us fucking nerd bows. We can tell. Mm-hmm. Two, number one problem, fucking cats, dude. Uh, my, oh yeah, I, Sophie fucking went to town on, on that rat fur. on some rat fur, and it's I mean it's like perfect for cats because they're like oh this is a giant wonderful they can sharpen their nails on it yeah, yeah they can yeah they exactly what cats like to do on stuff they do right on the rat fur so oh dude I had I had a rat fur pedal board that I used for years that she yep. just fucking tore right off let me bring this up with you I uh, hope I'm not jumping too far ahead dude there you can jump wherever you want jump rat fur rat fur guitar amps. I feel like it's a bass cab slash PA thing. Ratfur guitar amps. I'm trying that's to think. That's one right there, bro. Well, that's a practice amp. Okay, aside yeah. from practice amps, like a Fender Twin or something with Ratfur. Okay. So they're so Fender made. Glad we got here. Fender made. I remember specifically guitar cabs out of Ratfur, like four twelves and two twelves, I believe. With when it was like a a light gray rat fur i i've seen it yeah and, and it would have like the those weird screw on circular metal covers over the speakers yeah i've actually seen the combo amp that is that exactly it had yeah. like a couple red knobs red on knob it. that wasn't during the red knob the red knob era. Phase, dude. yeah dude, i got a red knob series got a fucking sweet red knob. those are those, those were i think the red knobs were actually pretty decent good reverb for the most those. part and Solid uh, state but yeah they were they were definitely like also it's it's so funny the way that those cycles go anyways yeah let's go back to that because i actually made a list of all of the companies that i could come up with that made rat for excellent shit let's so do it. the first the first example that i can find mm-hmm. online is Sirwin vega making pa cabinets in the mid 70s sounds about right that's the first company that i can find there's a there's this stuff called ozite uh, sometimes it's called Ozite. Sometimes it's called Tough Rug from the '70s. But this, uh, there's no, again, there's no definitive information about this out there. Right. I should add also before I get any further, you can buy PV still sells carpet covering 
and if three, you want to like three by six foot squares, if you want to do it, yeah. Wow. And sometimes they call it ozite, but it's it's basically just like a very tight sort of like carpeting that you can so replace funny. on your shit. So you can still buy. It's not as expensive as I would have thought it was. Um, and actually, some people still actually do use it inside cars. That's where you'll still find that shit. And like okay. the you know your your bonnet that lining your, like around the floorboard type. Or thing. yeah, if you've got like an SUV, you know yeah. that kind of in the back, like a big bed in the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes so that's where people will still sometimes use it. Oh, here we go. Let's go back to so. Again, first company that I saw that actually that I could come up with was Serwin Vega. Then I saw Bag End, uh, yep. who make base cabinets. Great and base cabinets, famous actually. Famous for making maroon rat fur yep. base cabinets. Yep. You're bringing me back, dude. Then there was Mark Base that we talked about. Yep. Uh, Hartkey, Silver. I've seen a lot My boy Larry. of silver rat for Larry Hartkey yeah, out up? there. Love, real nice guy, that Larry Hartkey. Super nice. Dude, then, of course, like my SWR that I owned, I think that you refinished your SWR that was rat fur. Yep. Uh, they, they, they're, dude, I don't know how we haven't talked about PV yet, but PV yeah. were like the kings of rat Well, because I, I think of the PV logo on rat fur, but then I think of the PVs I had when I was a kid and they were tall. They were tall. Yeah. Yeah. So. They didn't, they, but they did, I mean, they made, they put so much rat fur into the world, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Electro Voice. They did a bunch of it. JBL. I can picture their like gray mm-hmm. rat fur PA speakers. Yep. Galleon Kruger made a bunch of it. So this is well, this was interesting because okay, so I already mentioned the gray fender red bag red badge. Um, there's conflicting information about Ampeg in their use or disuse. I have found some things, but it, they could be refinished. You know, like like recovered, like re-ratford, re-referred. I, I don't referred off, off the top of my head. I don't think Ampeg ever did a ratfer. There is, are some people on talk based forums that want in it's my search that would disagree with you on okay. that one. So, All right. but I, they. But here's the thing. In fact, now that I think about it, we were just talking about that VT six B. Yeah. Right. That was Ratford. That was fucking Ratford, but it wasn't. It wasn't an amp. It was in a, inside a rat fur case, like a like a hard that's, like and a that's, nineteen inch. You yeah, know, like a flight case. Flight case. Well, that's why I wasn't sure if that was a stock case or if that came with it. But then I saw the catalog, which I think I we sent did. You, we did both look at that, and PDF that did have catalog. the rat fur on the outside. It did have some rat fur, but it, again, they might have just been buying hardware rat mm-hmm. cases from elsewhere. Who's to say? I, don't I got know. I got one that might not be on your list. Well, let me, let me take a look. Okay. Make sure I got through everything. We've already talked about johnson and then there was the last one that i have is crate i've seen oh a yeah a lot of rat for crate in my yeah. base and i've seen non rat for crate too. oh t- tons of blue crate, great practice amps crates you know they can they for base they can hit or miss yeah. oh i've had i've had too many crates in my days 50 watt I've who doesn't have the away. 50 watt crate back uh practice amp i definitely had dude i had like a it was like a 300 watt crate base amp <laughs> It was just like this big fucking heavy rectangle. Dude, crate was like the king of solid yeah. states, man. And a graphic um, EQ was super broken. Who is the who's I got the brand you. that you've got that I don't have? Trace Elliott. Trace. Oh my. They God, did a. Dude. I want to yeah, say it was the V six. Fucking gross green. green. Oh man, that's such a good call. They Trace the green, Elliott. Dude. Okay, so back to your point that you were at before. Why? What? What is it about bass players mm. that fucking embraced? The rat the fur. fur. Um, well, I mean, as a bass player, I, I don't think it's very attractive, so I've removed rat fur from You have from deferred. Amps. But I will defer to the rat fur. I think that... Um, see, is, is there something visual about like how it's supposed to sound? Like, Is it supposed to be sound more cushiony in like fur? I mean, is I, that, well, is if that we're a talking thing? about cushiony finishes, we're going to have to go over to custom amplifiers right. and talk about the tuck and roll. But no, dude. I mean, y- yes. 
Like why the, PA speakers and bass amps? I guess is what I, it I was. Back again, to. it was in a response to like the sort of thin Tolex, which was the first thing. People is it because they get thrown the around more? Too? And they get thrown around. Right. But I, I don't. I think it was just like trying to trying to innovate. I I also feel like bass cabinets are more akin to like really loud PA equipment than okay. like guitar amps are too. So maybe there was more sort of crossover in like companies like. I don't know, Serwin Vega and Bag End and you know, maybe they were also making PA stuff. Yeah. Uh maybe bass players just have fucking terrible taste in general. I mean, I would agree with you know? most of that. I mean, we've seen we've seen so many not that there aren't let's I mean PRS exists, like let's be real, but like not that there aren't dad guitar companies. Yeah. But I feel like the dad There's bass dad, market the dad is bass definitely world is way heavier. Insane, dude. It's so good. It's part of the reason I got off talk base because I was like, I can't take this anymore. You should. I maybe I could f- even find it. There are a yeah. couple of really deep threads just about rat fur on talk. You got to send these this stuff to me, man. Well, like, but I also try, like I said, I try to keep it fresh between us. So I know when I can share these things. You know what's funny, man? When we had this conversation, I remember specifically. I think it was like Tuesday or something, and I remember talking. And I was like, going to be like, let's bring that up next episode. But I didn't say it. And then you did. So dude, we, didn't even, awesome. we don't even have to say it We're on the same anymore. page, dude. We can just fucking do it. I will say, so there was one thing I came across. And I think it was in a talk base thread that was just like the perfect encapsulation of the internet and bass players and just like how internet discourse goes. And it was like people asking for really like opinion. It always starts with someone with like a genuine question. Or totally. Something. And there was yeah. pages. I read like 11 fucking pages oh of God. this fucking thread, dude. <laughs> pages. And and a lot of people took it like, you know, yeah, well, here's why I think, here's what I actually know, here's what I witnessed, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, that always devolves and veers off. And so I came across this one comment that I just wanted to read in full on here Please. because... Um, this is just the internet. So uh, he says, rat fur could be a problem if you have cats. The solution is simple. And I'll add, this is like many pages deep into the thread. People have already talked about cats. So you just grabbed a little out. snippet from the old thread. Yeah, but this form. is just like one full response. Okay. But like many pages deep. I love it. Like we've yeah. just related to nothing. The solution is simple. Upgrade your cats to dogs. One, cats will definitely claw your rat fur cabs. Two, Cats don't care whether you live or die. You're just a servant to them. Three, dogs are better. That's just what he said. And he says, dogs are like dogs are like pee bases with torp pick cards and flats running into an SVT. Oh. Which is ironically not, not covered in rat fur. And then he said, cats are like guitar center. Oh my God. This guy went off on cat. Dude, why'd this guy go into cats versus dogs, Dude, I dogs, just watched bro? your whole body contort as I finished the P-Base with torp pick, pick guards and flats running to an SVT. Your whole body was like, ah. It's like, I want to hate this guy, yeah, but he's not a great wrong. Response. Yeah, he's not wrong. It is funny, though, because we've had, I mean, guitar cabs have been around for so long before rat fur came into the mix. You know what I mean? So at, at some point, they thought it was like an upgrade. You know, I mean, think back to old Ampeg. They did, yeah, because it, like I said, with the the Tolex would tear. But it's also again, like people try to people just try to do something different. I think too. Yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you if you prefer Radford. I know you don't like. I know you don't prefer sure. Radford. I don't either. What what is your favorite covering on an amplifier or cabinet that you have or have seen? I was going to ask What's you the your same ideal? question, so I'm glad you asked me. Well, well I'll ask you next. Yeah. Um, I've seen some cool shit. I mean, there's some custom shit out Dude, there. That stuff you sent me, that Polyphia uh, orange rig this week. Insane. 
and it just looks cool. It's just an orange cab. But they were black. Orange cabs. They were black Tolax. They were. Um, because they do the black and the white. Right. And they actually, I think they did a baby blue at one point. They did purple for uh, Deep Purple Boy. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, actually orange was one of the coolest things I've ever seen because it's played now. I feel like it's like overdone. Um, When you see the old Stevie Wonder videos from the 70s, early 70s, playing Superstition, and there's like... That, I watched stacks. that whole that whole show you sent me the one time. It was like it's an amazing. hour long or something. It's shit. amazing. And the quality is terrible, but it's it's, it's just so, it's so cool. It's so cool. Guy with the 335 playing. Exactly. Um so yeah, Orange was the coolest to me because I was like, it was different, you know, it was mm-hmm. cool. Um so yeah, I got I remember a seeing Alkaline Trio for the first time. Oh yeah. Orange rig, and I yeah. was like mm-hmm. And he actually, the bass player specifically, um Dan Andriano. split through uh they would do a guitar cab and a bass cab. Oh really? that that ching ching tone. Anyways, fills, fills out more sound. I so, have seen some weird ones, man. You've seen you, like what do you got? What's like I mean, snakeskin or leather or something crazy like that? Mesa Boogie does a lot of weird stuff with that. They do. What's what? But you got. To, I mean, we've seen some weird ones. But what, what's, what's your, my favorite? Yeah. Cab? What's your? What's your? Well, if you could like have your ideal touring rig, what would it be covered in? I like the. I like. It's so ironic, but I like the orange stuff. But I like it black. So it's so like the black plain. orange. But it's orange. so cool. Yeah. They have an 810, which I could never afford or fit in my car. But that dude with the 8200. Oh, I mean, that's it. That's what it. else do you need? Yeah, the, bla- um, the black orange. Because their badge is still fucking sick, too. It's just that logo. I mean, Would you, so What about the grill cloth? Cool. Because that's uh, what we didn't mention with that Polyphia rig. They have... Custom and, grill which cloth. is super cool when bands do that, where it's like a whole sort of landscape or scene going across the cabs. Yeah, on so the, it's on like the grill four cloth. cabs yeah. like in a square, and then they've got a whole picture over the mm-hmm. entire thing. It's so cool. Love that look. Um, yeah, I mean, grill cloth, I mean, standard is black, I think. I mean, tweed looks awesome on orange, too, but... I don't know if I don't know if I've ever seen an orange amp with tweed covering on it. Really? Wow, dude. That's yeah, that exists. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more guitar, but um, I was going to ask you, would you ever get crazy and do like a green snake skin or something like that? Would I ever get crazy? I mean, dude, I own a couple amps that have fucking silver snake skin on them. By the way, right I'm not mad there. at the flower covered. Uh, well, that's orange. what I was going to say. That's an, so orange, isn't it? that's an orange cabinet covered in floral wallpaper. It's fucking cool to me, dog. The problem that I have with that is that it doesn't match anything. It looks awesome, but I almost feel like to complete it, you need to like also cover your amp or your you know your your head or whatever your other speakers or whatever in another thing like it almost doesn't that. that that's my only be with it i fucking love that cabinet and the way it sounds and looks i yeah i don't know like I, I think my favorite that i've ever owned though is that vintage early 60s ampeg blue um oh it's like that blue diamond blue diamond pattern yep I love that because so it's like a real Is that dark the reverb blue. rocket i had yeah so i had a reverb rocket too yeah had that uh and like the gemini's and, and the b i mean the, the b15s had it they really they were really ahead of it with the blue like that they, they must have had a, they must have had a good deal you know what i mean but yeah, yeah like they they they're i don't everyone else just went black when those came out yeah i mean i had an early 60s yeah one. There, there you go early to mid 60s but the uh dude it's just like it looks it looks so cool and it feels really cool on your hands that said the one that i had definitely you know was torn it's like the yeah, it tears. It becomes brittle at a right. certain point because it's just like hard it's old like plastic wallpaper. Yeah. So uh, looks that I don't know though. I mean, in terms of like honestly, in terms of just like reliability and structure, I would. I mean, like that spray on sort of like whatever Durex yeah. condom Durex material. Condoms. 
uh, rhino, that, that, rhino that liner feels like right yeah exactly yeah. that stuff fe- seems like the best to me yeah you know, in it terms always of looks so like, industrial to me though yeah yeah totally and so that's like, cool maybe if you're doing that with with that and then also having some sort of visual scenario going on on like the front like grill cloth like and you know like we we're talking about polyphia or whatever yeah that's probably what i would go with i never thought of just like putting a graphic on the actual grill cloth itself you know, we've hung the, the, the banners and such banners and stuff. Well, you have to like paint it. I mean, and that's going to definitely it's sc- like a screen print, depending on how you do it, that will impact the tone like the of the, in the, that's interesting. The, the tone, the, the, the full frequency spectrum that filters through like that. Definitely. I mean that there's a reason that sometimes people will take like the screen off their guitar amp or whatever, yep. and then throw the, the microphone. That's on actually that orange cab. I used to have the 15 inch bass cab mm. had a really easily removable um, screen on. The oh yeah. It was just like Velcroed on. You could just, I mean, it was, it was on there good, think, but you could yeah, pull it. I think it. that's how that, that trainer is too. In fact, yeah. so is that the Ampeg, the VT 40s. Yeah. Of, Velcro doing what about the blonde the early 60s fender blonde yeah i do i do like that it gets real i mean it gets so dirty it gets dirty here's what i was one last thing that i was thinking about dude you know we all know that smoking kills but not good for you smoking made old stuff (laughs) looks look cool. cool i know and that's something that we don't get anymore like you don't get fucking you know it doesn't get vaped out yeah like the like it used to and you could argue it's going to take longer for guitarists to age because we don't smoke in bars. You're not anymore. smoking in bars, yeah. smoking all over those motherfuckers, smoking yeah. up and down them, getting all that finky juice on there. It, but Nicotine like, yellow, like a blonde Fender, I've seen some really fucking cool looking ones because they spent decades getting traveled around Might have been a back inside of bars bar or, or whatever. Yeah, and exactly. so like, I don't think if I bought, like if I got something new now, like I, I don't think it would ever look that cool. Yeah. Yeah, when I recovered my baby blue cab, love that cab. I love it too. It did get very dirty very fast because I was actually gigging yeah. with it and playing playing out a lot. So that thing's kind of nasty looking now. Um, I bet if you give it a little spit shine, it would come come back to I've life. I've never given it a good spit shine. Yeah, to just be throw fair, a little I, soap and little, water, uh, a little four hundred nine. Just wipe it down. Dude, you don't even need to go that crazy. I mean, just wipe it down. Get a little grease out of there. Yeah. Just yeah, a little little elbow grease maybe. But that being said, in this whole conversation, yeah. I'm a sucker for a good colored cab. I agree. I do. it's hard when they don't match for me. It bothers me. Like the like the Balthazar. See, I think like I have to use it with just a black cabinet. Like it depends on the head. Like let's say that Shure Vocal Master was yeah. a guitar head. That would look cool on top of that. On top on the just, floral. Oh yeah. Yeah, just because it's so like with the big actually, old knobs. Set that up, I dude. should That'd set that up. Yeah. Um, just because it's such a cool like. I don't know. It did, they both look just look old. We should definitely steal that for a new GearBuds logo. I've said that about like forty amps though. Oh yeah, and it's also the the sure logo on there is so small. It is that is a pretty solid. I do like that logo actually. Yeah, that's uh, a great looking great looking piece. Right I, I like that. I like that. Did logo you fix lo- that thing? No, it's three of the six channels work, and I only ever wanted to use one. So you know, uh, that's all I ever did. Did you I, use that at your space? Mm-hmm. Oh. I used it in the. In the control room, I had it always run into a channels because it has a fucking crazy sounding reverb. Right. So I, it always had its own mic. <laughs> the video with the guy. Exactly. It always had its own mic with that reverb run all yeah. the, 100% and just like sitting in the control room. So it was like this big, washy, crazy sound that was fun to layer in. But man, that's all I got for fucking the, the covering discussion. I, think I love we, it. I don't know if I have a favorite. I think my favorite cab that I have is that orange with the I feel wallpaper. Like a, I feel like a snakeskin would be. Maybe a, a faux snakeskin. That's the Balthazar life right there. That's right. He you does know? the black snakeskin. It's silver. 
It's black tolex silver snake skin oh, gold wow, right. piping, which is God, that's such a sexy as sexy and over the top dominatrix as. And it I gets. feel like I mean, if you're buying a premium boutique amp, it should have a nice covering on it. I don't see any reason why it's not, not. going to be rat fur. Uh, we need to we need to invent premium rat fur. We should talk Balti into doing a custom rat fur. Dude, head. I want him to make me a fucking rat fur. Amp. You should just text him and be like, "What are your feelings, dude?" On he's rat in fur? fucking Paris right now. Oh, sweet. He deserves to be there because he bought another apartment there. Apparently, I don't oh, because he like sold the one that he had. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of that crazy motherfucker. He's all over the life. place. He's just back in Paris, like fucking living it up right now, posting pics from the Eiffel Tower yesterday. No way. Yeah, I've been off the gram. For like two weeks now. That was on. It was on the fa- the face base. I was saw it on the face that, base? Yeah. Okay, I'm on the off the gram. Yeah. I'm off the gram. I'm done. No gramming. I just I was watching cool people do cool shit on my own phone, and I'm like, why am I not just, just do some cool shit? Yeah, I feel that. That um, said, go follow us on Instagram, you motherfuckers. Yeah, we're we're actually there though. Yeah. Yeah, once a week when we announce this show. Um, what else we got today? Anything That's else, it, dude? That's what, dude. I want to. We've been going so fucking long lately. Really? Yeah. That okay. I want. I'm. I like when we keep it high and tight. Me too. We get in, we fucking finger around a little bit, get into the butthole. Next week, I can do my review on the JBL headphones that I got. Oh, you got yourself a new little in ear buddies. Cheap boys. Cheap boys. I like them. I love a good cheap boy re- review. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Well, if you made it this far and uh, you don't hate us, uh, or even if you do, I guess, yeah. go make some music. Bye.